Well, thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, you always sort of... I wanted to start this morning with something different. <clears throat> and it uh, is the Lord's Prayer that came out of the Greek New Testament. And it's just uh, really good. So, Brian, would you put that up there? This is the Greek New Testament. Thanks to Brother Ed Corley and his... Uh, you know, skills, but I want to, first, here's what I want to do, I want to read this prayer to you, and then I want us to pray it together, but I want to read it just so you can kind of, don't go into the automatic mode and doing the Lord's Prayer, <laughs> everybody does, this is, so this, can, this comes, you know, if you was a, a person who understood the Greek language, when you read it, this is what you get, it says, therefore, after this manner pray, our Father in the heavens, let your name be sanctified now in this very moment. Let your kingdom come now into this present situation. Let your will come into being now in this present moment on earth as it already is in heaven. Give us what is needed for our substance today as you will through all our days. And dismiss us from the guilt of our failures towards you as we have also have dismissed the guilt of those who have failed us. And lead us not into, into trials which we have not the grace to bear, but rescue us from the evil one, because the kingdom is yours, and the power, and the glory, unto the end of the ages. Isn't that awesome? It is very awesome. So I wanted us just to pray that, and probably the best way to do it so we won't be confused is, I'll, I'll pray the words, and then you pray the words after me. That just sort of help everybody, Okay. Because if you're like me, you're sort of slow and catching on and stuff. So why don't we stand up and, uh, and let's pray this prayer, but let's mean it. Let's just don't... Let's mean it. I think there's power in this prayer. So, our Father, our Father in the heavens, in the heavens let, your name be sanctified let your name be sanctified now, now in this very moment. This very moment. Let your kingdom come. Now, now, into this present situation, let your will come into being. Now, in this present moment on earth, as it already is in heaven, give us what is needed for our substance today. As you will, through all our days, and dismiss us from the guilt of our failures towards you, as we have also have dismissed the guilt of those who have failed us, and lead us not into trials which we have not the grace to bear. But rescue us from the evil one, because the kingdom is yours, and the power, and the glory, until the end of the ages. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that powerful? That's a powerful prayer, man. I can, ooh, I get, Lord, get on you on that one, man. Yeah, we can put that on the website. Tell Tony. We'll tell Tony. 
But, uh, in fact, I sent him something last night. I found on a website. I was looking on this website, and it had this, this water on it that you could put your pointer on, and the water would move. That's what I want on our website. <laughs> Let's put something on there where we can put, put our pointer on it. It looks like water just moving. But So, uh, you know, another thing that Ed Corley said is, uh, he said basically, he's talking about prayer. You know, he's sort of a prayer man. And he said basically there's, prayer consists of two things. One, it consists of, of worship. You know, Amen. hallowed be your name, or Lord, let your name be sanctified. And then the rest of prayer is simply asking God for his kingdom reality to come into our reality. And he said that's really, if you had to boil prayer down to two things, it is those two things. It's worship and bringing the reality of heaven into our, into our lives. So we've been asking the Lord, you know, in our, you know there's, and that's a big spectrum. We've been asking the Lord in our families, you know, situations in our families, you know, for, the, for heaven to come into our family. You know, situations that are difficult and harsh and bad. Because think about it for a minute. Hell is already here, right? We're looking at hell. We turn the TV on, we can see hell anytime. You know, the news talks about all the hellish things that are going on on earth. Well, the Lord really never meant for that to be. He really wants the, the realm of heaven to really be made real in our situations, in our circumstances of life. And I believe that's something we can pray. And, of course, one of the ways to do that is to specifically pray things you know God has spoken over your family, you know, like members of your family. What's the word of the Lord, the promises God has given you over your family in particular? And I just think that's a, that's a really great thing. And, and another thing that I'm just, just giving away at a workout this morning <laughs> He said, "Is uh, you know, the king, whenever we pray that the kingdom of heaven come, the power of God must follow that. You know, so you, the kingdom comes, and with the kingdom comes the power, and and then because the kingdom has come and the power has come, God is glorified. That's how we really glorify God on the earth is by praying for the kingdom to come, which means His power is going to come, and then God gets glory. And those three always go together. You know, the king." The kingdom, the king's domain, and the power is there in the king's domain. Wherever, wherever the kingdom is, is at, that's where the power is at. And wherever the power is at, that's where the glory is going to be. And that's really what the Lord has for us. Are you all with me this morning? So what we're doing is we're, you know, me and Marlon had this agreement. We made this agreement. We're looking for a few people, okay? If we can get a few people who are willing to commit to personal revival... In other words, are you willing to commit that God's kingdom coming in your life in a fresh way, in a new way, and where you're so touched yourself, you know, that you are not, you're not just stuck living your daily life. You, God's doing something in you, whether He is in anybody else around you or not. But you're committed in your heart for God to move in your life, for you to have a revival, for you to have a, a kingdom of God experience. And then you get a few of those people together, you put them together, and then something's going to happen. Because they, it's going to, they're going to spark off on each other. They're going to provoke one another. And then it can begin to spread to other people. Amen? Amen. And I'm, I believe the Lord wants to find people like that. And He wants to put them together. You know, we've been asking the Lord for years for revival. And maybe that's one of the ways it can start is on, on a personal level. You know, we're hoping we'll come to church one day and God's going to be there in this big great thing. Well, hey, let's get some people together who want to see it happen. We're willing to get it to happen in our own personal lives and we'll get together and we'll bring it and we'll release it to other people. And I think that's, that would be pretty awesome. Are y'all excited about that? Yeah.
So we're looking for people like that this morning. Doug Murdoch says, got one here. So there you go. Dandy, that's four people right there that said they'd do it. It's, it's good. Well, um, I wanted to do something a little bit different this morning. You know, I've been talking about the eight miracles in the John, the Gospel of John, which those eight miracles are pointing to what are they pointing to? <laughs> Y'all should know this. They're pointing to the kingdom of heaven according to John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. They're pointing to... That's what Jesus was, was saying. I'm, I'm doing these signs to point you to something, to reveal something to you. And uh, so, you know, I've just really had a, I've been preaching these things forever, it seems like, and I've only got halfway through them. But I wanted to do something a little bit different because I believe the Lord is telling me this. So I'm just going to step out there and do something outside of my comfort zone. Uh, the Lord told me that he, there was an impartation of new wine that he wants to release. Y'all know what wine is in the Bible? It's the Holy Spirit. It's what the wine stands for in the Bible. It's one of the symbols for the Holy Spirit. And so I was asking the Lord, you know, okay, Lord, that's cool. And I'll tell you how he showed me this in a little bit. But first I wanted to read Matthew 13, verse 51 and 52. And get that little bit of a boom out would be good. Donna was looking at me like she knew I was going to ask her. All right, now this, this, if you read Matthew chapter 13, that's a, a, a bunch of parables about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Everyone, I'm, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. The kingdom of heaven is like a, you know, like a treasure hidden in the field. A king, you, know, there's, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a sore who went out to sow. And they're just all there. And Jesus instruct. this was Jesus' instruction. And then when he got through, this is what he said and I'm going to, this is way out of the box for me, man. King James Version <laughs> on this verse. I never read the King James Version. But they have one word in there that I really love in King James, and it's that word unto, okay? Because the Lord wants to release this. He told me this. He says, Byron, I want to release an unto anointing in your life. And I think, what in the world is an unto anointing, Lord? So I was praying about it, and I happened to be sitting in a meeting, and somebody had a King James Version Bible there, and I've been pondering this verse because it says, it uses the word concerning versus unto. And I read it, started reading it in the King James, and it used, used the word. So this is what the Lord was showing me. It said, Jesus said unto them, have you, I'm going to say, have you understood these, all these things? They said unto him, yes, Lord, we've understood them. He's explained those parables in Matthew 13 about the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Then... <laughs> then said he unto them. <laughs> then he said, <laughs> Therefore, every scribe which is instructed, listen, unto, every scribe that is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven, okay, you see that? There's this thing in the Bible where the, Jesus was very purposeful and intentional about his teaching. It was under something. That's what he was saying. Byron, it's got to be under something. If all people do is get knowledge, guess what's going to happen to them? Paul said this. He said, knowledge puffs up. In other words, the church is full of prideful people because all they have is gotten knowledge. They've gotten more and more and more Bible knowledge. But nothing has happened. And Jesus never did that. That was not his method. His method was, to, was this unto anointing. That he taught something, but it was under something. It wasn't just so you would know more. Heck, the church in America knows more than anybody in the world, spiritual things. They just don't do anything with it. Therefore, we have a very arrogant church. Therefore, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. 
Are y'all with me so far? All right, the kingdom is, you know, unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is, that is a householder. Now, we're the householder, okay? All right, and he, this is what he's saying is going to happen if we've been instructed by the kingdom of heaven. You know, if we've gotten these instructions from the Lord, this is what will happen. Uh, this householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and things old. All right, that's what will happen to you, new and old. Okay. So this is the secret to always being fresh-minded spiritually. Anybody feel like they need to be fresh-minded this, this morning spiritually? I mean, are you just flat dead, slammed, wore out, beat to pieces, disappointed, disillusioned? God moved in my life 14 years ago, you know, but that was then, you know. You hear what I'm saying? That was great because it was saying, hey, this is what can make you afresh today without losing what God did in you yesterday because God wants to keep everything He does. Is that right? Okay, so God's wanting us to get this unto anointing, the teaching unto something, okay? Uh, you know, for me, for a long time, for years really, for as long as I can remember, uh, I felt like, you know, the teaching in the church sort of hit the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like the ceiling. We hit the ceiling, man. We, ain't, you know, we need some new revelation in the church. We need some new understanding on the Scriptures, I felt that for years, literally. Thinking, man, we just, we've wore these scriptures out. We've taught the same thing. And basically, if you look at a lot of what's being taught in the church, a lot of it, we're just teaching it over and over. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I just feel like, man, we're hitting on something. There's something keeping us from going to a higher level in, in the Word of God and having greater revelation and greater understanding of what the Bible says. I feel like we're way down. But I believe this, this could be part of it, is that the Lord wants to teach us unto something. That's really where I feel he's wanting to go. He's wanting to push us through something. You understand what I'm saying to you? He, there's more. There's, there's a freshness, okay? There's a freshness. Um, you know, fruit is unto something. You, grapes, they make wine out of grapes, right? They're not, you know, fruit is not just for itself. So here's what happens. So if you want to be fresh, you've got to be instructed unto the kingdom of heaven. That's number one. Bottom line. If you really want to be fresh-minded in the Lord or, and, and quit being so dogged, dull, and miserable, and that's just the truth. You can get dogged, dull, and miserable as a Christian. But if you want to be fresh-minded, you've got to get this be instructed towards the kingdom of heaven. You know, all Jesus' teachings, he taught in the kingdom of heaven, except for maybe two he taught about the church. So that's pretty pretty uh, significant percentage there of what he felt was important. And <clears throat> so, all right, the next thing is, is this bringing forth out of your treasure. All right, now here's where everybody else, here's where lots of people in this room are just flat and miserable. You're failing. You're not bringing forth out of your treasure the old stuff and the new stuff. See, you will get stale as a dog, man, and whatever God's put in you, if you're not bringing it out and using it, it is going to get stale in you and going to be like yesterday's man. It's going to be worm, wormy. So it's not just enough to possess a treasure spiritually. You've got to distribute it. You have to give it. It's a secret to the kingdom. Freely you have received, freely give. If we're not doing that, you're going to not do well spiritually. You're not going to be fresh-minded. You're going to be stale. You're going to be one of those people that, well, God moved yesterday and he's not moving now, and you can't see him moving now. 
That's what, it, what happens to, to us is we get like that. So are you all with me on this? I mean, those, that, that's what it says right there. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. He says you have to be instructed towards heaven, unto heaven, and you've got to take whatever God's given you and you've got to distribute it. You've got to give it away. You've got to find places where it's needed and give it. Uh, you know, there's a great fascination with heaven, not only in the church, but in the world. Did y'all know that? And I saw last night on the 20th of December, Barbara Walters is going to have a special television show. And, and the title of this television show, Heaven, Where Is It and How Do We Get There? I mean, the world is looking for heaven. The world is looking for heaven. You tell me that ain't God trying to tell the church something. Listen, God wants to release His prayer on us. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's trying to release that, and he's using Barbara Waters to kind of stir the waters for us. Okay, Matthew nine seventeen is the next scripture I want to give you. Are, are y'all good so far? Oh, by the way, uh, I got these little books here. It's called The Shepherd's Rod. Bob Jones, you know, does this prophetic thing every year, and they kind of made it really nice. Anybody wants one, there's a few sitting right here. You can have them, since they were given to me. Freely you have received, freely give. I'll give them to you. But if you don't get the book, you can look on the Internet and get it the, you know, the Internet way. But it's good. All right, Matthew 9, 7, 17. Uh, Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins. Okay, now see, I said I believe God wants to impart some new wine to us. Okay? But he can't put new, and he won't put new wine into old wineskins. Or else the wineskins break. See, God's concerned about the wine and the wineskin. He doesn't want to lose either. He doesn't want to lose you, and he doesn't want to lose the spirit that he wants to pour into you in a, in a fresh, significant way. He's real concerned about that. Uh, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. So there's, there's, there you go. The wine's ruined. You know, you lost the wine. Your wineskins all tore up. Nobody can use it. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. That's powerful right there. Uh, so, you know, what, so here's what happens to us. Over time, and apart from this kingdom of heaven teachings being given to us unto something, we get hard, we get disillusioned. That's what happens to us. That's what happens to us. We get hard. Like a, you know, a wine skin in the, in the natural over time gets hard and brittle. And, you know, that's, they just keep putting the old stuff in it. So we get hard and brittle. All we got is the old. That's all we got. Then God begins to do something new, and we don't, we're, we're against it because we're sitting over all crusty and old. Well, you know, this is how it was for me. And God's over here saying, well, hey, this is what I want to do now. I, I appreciate that, what you had. I don't disregard what you had. I want you to keep what you had. But I want to do something else. I'm, I want to move in a fresh way. I want to move in a new way. And so that's what happens to us. Human instincts take over. That's why it's been said, and it's true, that the enemies of every new move of God are the people from the old move of God. Because they were back in the old move of God, and they got, that was where they were at. That was where they found God. That was where they found life. They got settled in there, and then God started doing something else that didn't fit what He did in the old, and they don't care for it. They resist it. It's because their wine skin has gotten brittle. In fact, in, in a sense, it's God's 
way of protecting them. Because he knows if he put the new wine in them, they would just fall apart and bust open and the wine would be lost. So he wants to help them, them being me and you this morning. He wants to help us. He wants to help us. He wants to get us, in, you know, because of what they do with these wineskins, they, they anoint them with oil is what they do to soften them up. They, they soak them in, in some salt water solution and they, they rub them down and they renew the wineskins. And we can be renewed. We can be fresh again where God can move in our life fresh and pour new things into us. And, and the Lord really wants to do that. He really wants to freshen us up. I really feel that very strongly. Now, let me just uh, read another scripture, Acts 28, verse 26 through 27. Uh, it says, Go to this people, and saying, Go to this people, this, uh, this comes from Isaiah, by the way, Paul was prophesying this over the people at Rome when they got all mad at him about preaching the gospel. Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Everybody say grown dull. It's typical, man. That's what happens to us. That's human nature. We're all subject to this. Their ears are hard of hearing. We're all subject to losing... Just like in the natural, when you get old, your ears get messed up, they get dull, spiritually the same thing, and their eyes, they have closed. At least they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, at least they should understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. This is pretty... Uh, that, that scripture right there appears ten times in the Bible. There's ten times that, that, that scripture's quoted. Jesus quoted it at Matthew 13. That was one of the first... Why are you teaching everybody in parables? He quoted that. He's quoted because they were living in an old wineskin mentality. Their hearts were hardened. They needed some renewal. They needed some refreshment. Now, here's another one. Fifteen times in the New Testament, Jesus said these words, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, listen. <laughs> I love the Message Bible. I went, I'm taking you from one extreme of the world, King James to the Message. They're on all, in fact, some pastor friends of mine found out recently I used the Message Bible a lot, and they were shocked at me. We would have never thought you'd have done such a thing like that, Byron. <laughs> I thought, man, I love the Message Bible. But this is, this is a verse out of the Message Bible. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is how they say it. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words. The Spirit blowing through the churches. Isn't that powerful? The wind words. And I believe with all my heart I believe the Spirit's blowing through the churches now. I believe it. But the problem is, is we, a lot of us can't hear. We have this hard old wineskin on us. And we need the Lord to soften us. We need the anointing to come on us and soften us up where we can hear again. See, it's not a condemnation to sit up here. What I'm saying to you is I'm not condemning you. I'm, in fact, I'm including me in this. Because that was the first thing the Lord started saying to me, Byron, you're not here and you're not seeing things right. I had, <laughs> uh, let me just tell you about this experience. I remember I told you about the repenting word, continually getting back to how God sees something. We was doing this meeting the other night. We were talking about doing the two services. and I think there's probably about 40 people here. And I sat back there in the back with Tony and Cindy. And these are the last people in the world you need to sit there and whine to and complain. I thought, man, I didn't, this is ridiculous. It takes this many people to do church. If I'd known this, I'd have never done church in the first place. It takes all this work to do church. This is the most crazy thing in the world. We're just wearing people out doing church. Of course, they're the most wore out people in the world, you know. <laughs> they were sitting there. They weren't saying nothing, you know, like, mm, 
<laughs> so I went home, and the Lord, the next morning, convicted me. He said, this is what you saw. This is what I see. I see a room full of people who have a heart to work. Now, that's repenting. That's seeing it how God sees it instead of your miserable way of seeing it. Seeing I didn't have eyes to see it. I saw something that God wasn't even looking at. It wasn't even an issue in God's heart. God saw something different. That's, that's what repenting really is. Oh, Lord, I'm, man, I'm seeing the wrong thing. I'm messed up, Lord. I'm messed up. Well, the Lord, last week there was a young lady who came to our, and visited our church, and she, after, the, after church, she came to one of the musicians. I don't know who she is. I never met her before. Uh, she said, hey, you know, when I came into the church... I walked up to right here. She said, I could smell muscadine grapes. You everybody know what muscadine grapes are? Just good old North Carolina grapes. <laughs> I know muscadine grapes well. She said, I could really smell that. And I just know the Lord is, you know, making wine out of those grapes. That's what she said. That's what he's wanting to do here. I know, she said, I don't know if that means anything to you. I thought, well, that's, that's a good word. I, I appreciate that word. You know, especially muscadine. I can relate to muscadine and... You know, I know what they smell like. and So, you know, when I woke up the next morning, the Lord gave me that scripture about the new wine. He wants, I thought, man, and I, wasn't, I had forgotten about the muscadine grape thing. You know, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't trying to put stuff together. I just woke up, the Lord gave me that verse, and actually I thought he was giving it to me for something else, to commend some people for being flexible. And uh, so, you know, I just went about my business. Thought, oh, thank you, Lord. That's a great scripture. I love that scripture. New wine and old wine. I need to think about that, Simon. And then Becky and I went to go shopping, Christmas shopping at Concord Mills. And it was raining. We got over there and decided we ain't going to go shopping. Let's just go to, go to lunch. <laughs> I was so thankful when she said that. I was, I was just going out of being a nice husband. <laughs> Drag me around the mall. <laughs> I don't do good shopping. I like shopping on the Internet, man. That's the way to do it. Just sit right in your house, click away. <laughs> Anyways, we went in there, and I was sitting down waiting to get seen. I looked up this banner, and it says, and this, this is what the banner said, Discover New Wine. Now, okay, I'm telling you, God was speaking to me. He had just spoken three things in a row, Discover New Wine. And I looked at that and thought, wow. And then I felt like the Lord said to me, Discover New Wine at the Olive Garden. And I feel like the Lord was saying, this is how I want to release this new wine. It's when people walk with me, if pe I'm, I'm going to release a new wine to you in your personal time with me. If you will encourage people to start spending time with me, there will be a new wine released to them. There will be a new wine released to them. And that new wine, you know, that's when we get a bunch of people together that's got that new wine. That new wine bubbles, you know, that's what yeah. wine papers people say. It bubbles up. It won't sit still. That's why people don't like it. It's so, you know, wine's an unstable thing because it's this exothermic reaction that's going on. Energy's being released off in wine until it gets old. Did y'all know that? In the natural. New wine, there's energy re being released off of it. Okay? Exothermic, you chemistry people. That's what exothermic means. Exothermic means being, there's a release of energy. Endothermic means it's pulling energy in. That's what's wrong with a lot of people in this room. You're endothermic as a Christian. Oh, just constantly getting in it, but there's no exothermic part to you. You need to be endothermic in the, in the sense that you need God to pour His power and stuff into you, but there needs to be an exothermic reaction in you also to release that. Do I got that right, Don? 
Good. Yeah, sure. He's saying my my is a little bit off, but that's that's that it works. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> now, that's a good thing because, you know, the, the Bible says one of the words for power in the Bible is dunamis, which we get that word dynamite. So there you go. I'm, I'm in good ground spiritually here. We're going to have some explosions. <laughs> but you get these people together who God has... Be, they've, they've spent time with the Lord. And when they're spending time with the Lord, He begins... And I believe that's the way He wants to, to do that, at least for us right now. I'm not saying this is some big world. I'm talking about... Baby, I'm talking about me. That's what I'm talking about. Lord, I'm going to spend some time with you. Yeah. And then when I'm spending time with you, there's going to be some wine poured into me. Yeah. Yep. There's going to be some new wine. I'm going to get refreshed. Yeah. I'm going to get renewed. I'm going to get my wine skin ready for new wine. Yeah. And, that, and, and I think one of the practical ways is just getting with the Lord and spending time with the Lord. However you do it, I mean, get out there on the tractor or, the, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be some stupid thing where I've got to sit in a specific place and... But if the Lord does it like that with you, go sit there. If He does it in the field or if He does it under the house. However He does it. But get with the Lord and spend time with Him. And start praying that prayer. Lord, let Your kingdom come right now into my life. Right now, Lord. And, you know, so He wants to soften us up. I'll give you one more scripture. And this is the easy... See, He wants us to think different about things. See things different. And that's really what repentance really is. It's really changing your mind. It's getting back and seeing how God sees it. And, and He has to tell you sometimes how He sees it. Like the other night, He had to tell me, you're not seeing this right, Byron. This is how to see it. And when He said that, I, I said, okay, I'm stepping over here the way you see it because obviously the way I see it was going to make everybody mad and you know, just you know, mess Tony and Cindy up. But let's look at that Romans 12. This is a famous verse in the Bible that everybody knows. Uh, you know, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or worship. It's a great, you know, verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your wineskin be renewed and let it transform your life. You hear me? And then you can, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Of God. That's pretty cool, God. There at the end. And so I believe the Lord wants to do this. And, one of, you know, one of the signs of a renewed mind is somebody who walks in repentance. I mean, how is she going to get it renewed? You, you need to get God's perspective on it. That's what we do. So we, we simply quit thinking about things the way we think about them. And we ask the Lord, what do you think about this, Lord? What do you view this? And He'll begin to reveal how He sees things. And lots of time, well, for me, most of the time, I mean, 99.99% of the time, I don't think the way God thinks. He has to tell me how He thinks. But He wants us to know what He thinks and how He's thinking. Not only about us, but about the situation we're in in our life. You know, here's another great example. My sister called, I come, I, let me just tell you how the Lord will set you up. He'll set you up. I was driving down the road the other night, Friday night late, going home, thinking, Man, I'm glad I ain't gotten some pressing financial issue in my lap right now, Lord. That is so nice not to have that. I get home, so I go listen to the message. My sister calls, Byron, this is Annie. You need to call me. This is serious. 
said, oh, gosh, what's going on? This is my older sister. So I called her up. Well, Mama's okay. You know, Mama's okay. They take care of my mom. She's old. Mama's okay. But you know what you did last year with the electric bill when you got this thing with the average electric bill over the entire year? You can do that. I said, yeah. You know, we did that so we could manage, help Mama manage her budget. Well, you know, you came, they came up and said $80 a month was what we were going to spend because my mom lives on a fixed income. So, yeah, $80 a month, that's what they said. They told me $80 a month. Well, they just sent me this letter. I'm going to read it to you. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, you're $1,000 a whole. Blah, 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 blah. And the electric bill will go up to $360 a month. Blah, blah, blah. If you do not have this paid by December 29th, blah, 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 blah. You know, we are going to cut her power off. Blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, $1,000. Man, my mama makes $800 a month. You know, <laughs> that's what she lives on. She don't have 360 bucks on thinking, oh, what in the world? And I wanted to get so mad at my sister. I wanted, because, you know, she was like, what are we going to do? I wanted to say, I don't know what we're going to do. Why are you bothering me at this? Then I thought, well, you know, this is what I'm going to say. I said, well, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. The Lord's going to show us what to do. You know, we're just going to ask the Lord to get in this thing. He's going to show us what to do. We're going to ask the Lord. And she was saying, yeah, I know I'm in a grumpy and... Because she was grumpy, and I want to get grumpy back on her because my sisters can be mean, man. <laughs> you know? Then she started talking about her shoulder hurting. And, you know, my shoulder, I got this problem. I said, well, you know, let's just pray right now for your shoulder and ask the Lord to touch your shoulder. You know? And then when you get at church Sunday, go up and ask the elders to, you know, do the anointing with oil thing. They'll pray for you, and, and the Lord will heal your shoulder. Instead of getting into the dismal, now, you know, we've got to ask the Lord, Lord, help us with this financial crisis we've got because it is a crisis you know, for our family, because if you went around my family, ain't nobody got any money, you know. <laughs> nobody has she, My mom don't have any money. It's something we need heaven's answer. We need God to, to come into that situation. That's practical. You know, the kingdom of heaven, is, is, that's what, how it works. It works in those places, and it works, you know, for doing other miracles. But really, this is the truth. For every one of us in this room, if we're serious about this, God is going to put you in situations where there is no natural answer. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. You know, I shared the other night about when we went over there when that house was burning, I, didn't, I thought, this, this is bad news, bad news bears. You know? Because the only people over there I saw that was doing anything good was the fire department. I was wishing I was a fireman so I could do something. And the Lord said, Byron, you want the kingdom of heaven come? You better get used to being put in situations like this. You better be put, get used to put into situations where there's no answer. The only answer there is, it has to come out of heaven. If you want to be that kind of person, that's what I want to do. When, so when you're asking me this, I am going to dump your hide out in some messes. Now, there's nothing glorious about a mess. There was nothing glorious over there that day. It was anything but glorious. It was miserable. It was, it was despair. Yet those are the places where the kingdom of heaven needs to be revealed. Don't have money to pay your mama's light bill. The kingdom of heaven needs to be revealed there. You know, you have, need a healing. You need a miracle in your life. The kingdom of heaven needs to be revealed there. Now, those, those are the realities. And I think a lot of people are hesitant about praying for people. Okay? I really feel this because I, I can tell you this from experience. It's because we're looking at ourselves. You hear what I'm saying to you? We're looking at ourselves and what we can do. It has nothing to do with us. All we're doing is saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's no sickness in heaven. We release that 
to you now in Jesus' name. If the Holy Spirit doesn't do that, what are you supposed to do? You believe God, you trust God, you pray, and you let the Lord move. His is the power, His is the glory. That's the way it has to work. We don't like that. We like to have it together. But that is not going to work that way. It's going to work in the situation where you don't have the answer. Y'all understand what I'm saying to you? Now, I don't like this no more than anybody else in this room likes it. Yeah. But I think that's how God, what God wants to do. And uh, I think for us to get this, though, is we have to be renewed. The new wine. We've got to get new wine. And some of you in this room desperately need some new wine. All you got is yesterday's stuff. That's great. Hang on to it. But God, let God do some new stuff in you. Let God do new. Let Him put a new wine in you. And that way you can bring out the old when the old's appropriate. You can bring out the new when the new's appropriate. Whatever the situation requires, you'll have both. And when you start doing that, we'll start seeing God really pour Himself out. So when I said, me and Marlon talked about this the other day about being in personal revival, what we were talking about, let's get God to do, what are you doing today in the earth? We won't end on it, Lord. And we're going to commit ourselves to getting in on it and getting refreshed and renewed by it and get a bunch of people together who's doing that and let the explosion go, let it happen. And I think that's the way God wants us to work. Amen? So, um, anyways, what we want to do now is I believe the Lord wants to ask people in all, in all serious, seriously and honestly, okay, seriously and honestly, it's 12, 15, you don't have to squirm. <laughs> seriously and honestly, do you want the Lord, do you want the Lord to soften you and renew you to get in on what God's doing Now! Now, I'm saying now because I don't want to just do what he did. Okay? Now, that's what we've got to allow the Lord to do. And we've got to be serious about it, though. I'm telling you. Are you all with me on this? I want you to be serious. But I don't want you to come out here, yes, I want this. And Unless you are dead dog serious in your heart that this is what I want. Because I'm telling you, God is going to say, all right, get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. That's what he's going to say to you. And you're going to say, how am I going to get out of this boat, Lord? There's a storm, you know, I'm sinking, I'm, you know. <laughs> He's going to say, that's not really, just walk on my word. It's going to require a faith apart from who we are. It's going to require a faith in Him, who He is, what He is, and, you know, appropriating that faith into our lives to let it be released out of our lives. Is this making sense to y'all? Because I believe the Lord is saying, I will release that towards people. That, you know, that ears to hear, eyes to see, heart to understand. And I think we need it. I need it. I need it. You need it. We need it. And I want it. And I've, this is what I told the Lord one time. I've missed the Lord so many times in my life. It's innumerable. I'm the expert on missing the Lord. I said, Lord, listen, I'm tired of missing you. I am just tired of missing you. I want to not miss you. That's what I want. I want to not miss you. And I want to go after what you're doing. I'm going to commit myself to what you're doing, not what I think you're doing. Not whatever, you know, I want to commit myself to that. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what I think will cause your wine skin to get back into a place of flexibility where God can say, yeah, that's a good candidate right there. They're flexible, their heart's soft. 
you know, I can pour some new stuff into them. I can begin to move in their life again afresh, you know, blah, blah. Anybody, or is anybody seriously interested in this? I mean, seriously, dog seriously, your dog seriously, you're willing to take the, take the whipping on it. You're willing to, and when I say the whip, here's the whipping. The whipping was this for me, okay? This was when it became a really a reality in me. Is that morning? Now I'm gonna, all right, here's me. I come in the house, Becky said, "It's the neighbor's house burning. Let's go up there." I said, "I don't want to go up there. What can I do?" That's what I said. I do not want to go. I can't help them. You know, and Lord looked at me and said, "Of course you can't, silly boy. You can't do nothing. Go up there." That's all he told me. He just said, okay, I'm going. <laughs> you know? So I go up there and just sit there feeling like an absolute fool. They're sitting there, well, oh, you know, the pastor's here. Oh, big deal. <laughs> what is he going to do? Really? What is he going to do? You hear what I'm saying? That's the beating you take. It's when you realize this is way beyond me, Lord. This is way, this is scary. And I was scared. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And all he said, well, you can comfort them, can't you? You can be there for them. You can hug those kids. You can tell them you loved them. You can go and ask the lady if you could pray for her. You can do that. And somehow the Lord comes through. It's just a simple act of faith. Now, that's, to me, that was the big. I came back, man, I went and I was talking to Andy, and I was like, I messed up, Andy. I am really messed up. I messed up because there was this soberness that started coming into my life. That God is really serious about this. He's serious about it, the kingdom of heaven. It's not something that we play uh, play church with. It's serious. And I realized, I mean, I mean that so far over my head. If a Lord, Lord, this is too serious. This is way serious. This is sobering. It's nothing to play with. It's really not. But I believe this is what God wants to do. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. If you're not, you're okay. <laughs> you're in good company. Do you want to say something, Dean? Yeah. What you're sharing is exactly what happened this week. I had, I had, it, I had one of those. I don't usually have bad weeks. I had a terrible week because I had really screwed up. I had a, uh, a group of guys that I was doing a $5 million loan for. That's a lot of pressure when